Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. OutKick 360 continues across the OutKick network, Tennessee, center stage in Atlanta at SEC Media Days. And our next guest is making the rounds, Tennessee head coach Josh Heupel with us on OutKick. Coach, good to have you back on. Thank you. Go Big Orange Day down here. It's been uh, been a lot of fun. And busy. Uh, busy as well. I'd, I'd like to start with your players. Um, I was looking at the, the list of guys that each of the programs brings to Atlanta. Your three. I think the one thing that jumps out is no five stars. No quote-unquote <laughs> big-time yeah. recruits for Tennessee. But Hendon Hooker, Cedric Tillman, and, and Trey Flowers make up a, a key group of a nucleus of your football team. All three are, are a true testament to perseverance and, and sticking with the course. Yeah. Five-star players uh, now and uh, five-star yeah. leaders too. Uh, you just can't find better ambassadors for Tennessee football, the university of Tennessee of uh, all nation. than then those three guys, they've all been through ups and downs during the course of the career. They've come out on the backside uh, they've grown so much in my short amount of time there. It's just uh, been a lot of fun to see their development. And, and, you know, this is one of the great days where you get a chance to expose kids to something completely different than what they've known or seen before. They were so excited as they got on the plane. It's been a great day. There is always a culture change with, with a new coach, but it seems like whatever you did in year one completely turned that locker room around. And I'm sure we don't know the half of it, honestly. What what were you trying to do to put your mark on the program to make such a dramatic change in the culture? Yeah, I just tried to be true to, to who I am and, and who our staff is. And, and at the end of the day, uh, there's a lot of different ways to, to win. Um, but to me, uh, to be your absolute best, you better have fun doing what you're doing with the people that you're doing it with and uh, create a, a locker room that that's full of accountability and really a program, uh, not a locker room, a program. Cause I'm just, uh, I got to live these values out every day too. Uh, but one of accountability and connection. And, and, you know, what's crazy is that in my first dialogue with our players, when I got uh, announced as the head coach, you know, we sat in there and, and talked for probably close to an hour and 45 minutes those are two things that that they talked about that were missing and, and things that they they wanted. And and uh, our kids grabbed onto it extremely quickly. Uh, we compete extremely hard, but we have fun doing what we're doing every single day. And uh, our players live that out. Our staff live that out. Um, we've been able to, to show that we're going to be consistent in who we are as, as coaching staff and leaders inside of the building. Um, we've developed great work habits uh, every single day inside the building, too. And, and uh, I love what our locker room is becoming. It shows. I mean, there, there's a lot of buzz and hype about the program this year. We've talked with with Hinden and, and others uh, about that. Uh, from from the head coach's perspective, is it is it hard to sleep because you're you're trying to get this year going? You're ready to just kick off the football. 
I might have some problems in, in my day-to-day life. Sleeping is not one of them. Um, <laughs> my head hits the pillow, I'm out. And uh, uh, whenever the alarm uh, hits, uh, I'm, I'm going to get up. Uh, I think everybody inside of our program is extremely excited about finishing this phase, this third quarter, this offseason here in the summer. Uh, but the anticipation of getting to training camp and you know, a year ago, every phase that we went into, so much uncertainty from our players, just understanding what it was going to be like every day. <coughs> Excuse me. And, uh, you know, now a majority of our roster knows exactly what it's going to be like. And and uh, they're just excited to get, get ready to go compete. And, and uh, um, I'm looking forward to training camp. It's probably, and not probably, it is my favorite time of the year just because it's all football all day long with the people that you love doing it with. What time does the alarm hit? Uh, depending on the time of year, in, in July, that baby's hitting a lot later than it is the other eleven months out of the year. When What's late to you, though? It, what 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 would sleep? Man, in, in, in July, I'm not gonna lie, man. Like I, I'll hit eight thirty every occasionally, depending on how late the uh, the uh, the previous night was with uh, with the wife and kids playing games, playing yeah. some golf with my daughter, whatever it might be. But uh, during the course of the season, man, uh, you're talking. I can tell you every morning what it is during the season, but uh, somewhere between five and, and six o'clock. So you're trying to punch in around 6 a.m. at the facility? Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's the the latest. Uh, I'm an early guy, though. Like, I, I don't okay. function well at the end of the day, man. My best and most productive moments in the in the office are certainly uh, before the sun comes up. No no Gruden as, aspirations of like 4.30 in the morning type stuff? Nah, I, th- that's not healthy either. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I find it interesting this week that I'll, uh, all offseason – there have been coaches who just cannot stop talking about NIL and, and regulations that are needed. And then I look at Tennessee's perspective. You you didn't ignore it. You acknowledged it was a thing. And I, I would describe it as you leaned into it. And it's shown with your success in recruiting, which is off to a fantastic start. Why, why was it so easy for you to embrace NIL immediately? I just look at how it's changed the the way that players come into your program and, and their forward thinking. Uh the opportunity to educate and empower these guys and take advantage of, of this time in their life and do it the right way. Um, look at the the opportunity that Cedric Tillman and Hendon Hooker had. They left Knoxville, went up to New York City, uh, were on Wall Street, got a chance to meet with close to, I don't know, two handfuls of, of prominent business and corporations that are known worldwide got a chance to meet with leadership. Those are connections that are going to help them now. They're going to help yeah. them in, when they get to the NFL, and they're going to help them for the rest of their life. And isn't that not what college sports and, and, and what we're trying to do on college campuses is, is help prepare them for life? Um, to me, that's exactly what we should be doing. And, uh, and then I look back on, on my playing career, right? And the best thing that I had were my teammates and the logo that I was playing for. There's no doubt about that. But I also uh, created... Uh, opportunity and uh, with my name on the back of the jersey and, and what we were doing and what I was doing, I would have liked to have an opportunity to, to take advantage of that. And I could have worn my buddy, you know, starting left tackle and worn his jersey. And I don't know, I just, I look at those opportunities. Look, look at what, you know, Hendon's done locally and his ability to write a scriptures book, how that impacts youth, right? What he's doing inside of the community. Uh, to me, uh, those are all things that uh, are great benefits of, of current NIL legislation. How confident are you that that your group right now is ready for a season where you're not going to catch anyone by surprise? Uh, defenses and coordinators have had a chance to dive in and examine your offense and that, that the players are going to 
hear all about expectations and reaching a higher mark this year. Uh, how do you think they handle it? Yeah, the expectations um, a year ago, um, you can't ignore outside noise anymore. You hear it. You, you're going to see it. Social media, your family. I mean, it's 24 hours a day, right? <clears throat> Understand that you're hearing those things and don't let it affect the way that you work when you come inside of the building. And your work habits are going to define who and what we were. A year ago at this time, there there wasn't a ton of positive noise outside of our building as far as you know Tennessee football in the, in the future. We knew who and what we were and what we were doing and, and our ability to to go compete. There was a long ways, you know, to get to kickoff and, and going and winning games, but we knew what we had done. The same is true now. Whether it's positive or negative, the outside noise has no bearing on what's going to happen the first time we kick off the ball on opening day. It won't make or, or not make a play when we get to, to the fall. We earn it by who we are and how we work every single day. And, and that's been our focus, you know, leadership, communication, connection, and then our work habits. And, and our work habits are going to drive our expectations. And we do need to become a team that expects to win. I believe that we're on that journey. We got to finish it off in training camp. <clears throat> and uh, that's going to help us when we get to the fall. Josh Heifel, our guest. Final thing, because I know you, you're uh, you need some water and you've got plenty more <laughs> obligations Bill, coming up. Bill must have given something to me on the plane right up. Um, defensively, <laughs> do you view this as if we get if we can get two more stops a game, three more stops a game, more three more possessions for the offense without the opposition scoring, that's enough? Like. Where do you? No, nah, that's be? not that's not how we approach it. We okay. want to have the the fastest, fiercest, most aggressive defense in, in all of college football, and be the most dominating defense uh, uh, on the football field every Saturday afternoon. That's how okay. we approach it. Um, <laughs> Kif, Kiffin. We, we, the reason I bring that up, Kiffin said that a couple of years ago about what he wanted, and yeah. I, that that was interesting. On I, I wanted to get we're, your perspective on it. We're gonna we're gonna recruit great players that they're gonna be dominant players. They're gonna be some of the best at their position in all of college football and be high draft picks. In that, we're gonna have an opportunity to play at as elite a level as anybody in college football on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, that's how we approach it, and. Uh, a year ago, uh, we were first in the country in tackles for loss until the first or, or until the last week of the season. I think uh, finishing the top ten. We got to get better at third, third and long defense. Man, if there's ever a space you want to be in, it's third and long as uh, a defensive uh, play caller and, and defensive players. Uh, we got to be able to affect the quarterback and, and get after him with our front four and, and not just rely on pressure. And um, we are we're capable of doing that. I, I think we're deeper than we were a year ago. A year ago, didn't talk about it during the season, but the fact is we had 69 total scholarship players. A bunch of really good players had, had left our program before I got there on the defensive side of the ball. Um, we're deeper. We have more competition. We understand how to finish now and everything that we're doing outside of the game, not just in the game. Uh, a lot of those factors, I think, allow us to play better defensively uh, than we did a year ago. And make no mistake, we got to improve in, in, in every area, offensively, defensively, and special teams. Uh, but third and long defense and red zone defense are two things that are a priority for us defensively. You get you have to be thrilled about Hendon Hooker and where he can be nine to ten months from now. I mean, he could be first round pick uh, this time next year. I, I'm excited uh, that he came back for all the right reasons, all the right reasons in college football. That he's been intentional in the way that he's worked. Everything's been heightened since he got back after the bowl game. I'm really proud of the leadership role that he's taken. Uh, you can feel him and, and sense his energy every day uh, from our entire football program. Uh, he's helped develop great leadership around him inside of the locker room as well. 
I'm excited to go on this journey. And, and this journey won't be about, you know, numbers for him. This journey is about wins and losses. And, and uh, but I'm so proud of what he's done, uh, the subtle things that he's improved on and really looking forward to watching uh, and competing with him uh, on Saturday afternoons. And uh, I know he's got a great future ahead of him. Pump for the season, man. Uh, appreciate the time today and uh, make the make the rest of the rounds and, and snooze until 830 tomorrow morning. Yeah, I mean, there's not many mornings that are 830. Uh, it's uh, it's go time. Uh, so I'll be in early tomorrow, but uh, maybe get a chance to play one last uh, round of golf with my daughter here this weekend. So go Big Orange. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thank you. Josh Heupel has been our guest. Uh, and next time he's in Nashville, he's always welcome to join us right here in studio. Uh, more coming from Radio Row in Atlanta, where the Vols continue to, to make the rounds. And we have plenty more guests coming from Texas A&M and from Auburn. All that and more coming up on Outkick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. He's one of the top returning playmakers in all of college football, quite frankly, uh, definitely at the University of Tennessee. Wide receiver Cedric Tillman with us on Outkick 360 across the Outkick network. Cedric, good to see you, man. Hope things are well. Good to see you. Thank you for having me. For for those who don't remember, uh, your first catch came against West Virginia in the first game that Jeremy Pruitt coached at Tennessee. And then I don't think you had another catch until the following season. How how much, when I look at the the Heupel offense, how much of a a breath of fresh air has this offense been for you? Oh, man, it's been huge. Uh, You know, uh, yeah, I think I only had one catch my freshman year. It was like a little screen that didn't go for much. but yeah, no, uh, you know, being in Hypo's offense, you know, it's definitely helped, you know, me uh, put up more catches than just that one. But uh, yeah, no, it's cool. You know, the offense is fun. You know, it's fast and uh, it's giving me and my teammates opportunity to shine. Do you consider yourself the the most dangerous deep threat in the game right now? Absolutely. I, You know, I look at myself as, you know, one of the best players in college football in general, you know, and that's the mentality you got to have, you know, you got to you know, feel, but you got to put in the work. You know, I wouldn't be saying this if I didn't put in the work and if I didn't know it was going to show on Saturday. So I'm excited about the season. Um, you know, I think we got a great team. I think we got great coaches and I'm excited about it. I think, I think you're a great example of what fit means for an individual player with a specific type of offense, because like if, if I, I can imagine asking you that type of question back during the COVID season, which is not that long ago, Mm-hmm. where you had like eight catches your first three seasons at Tennessee. What clicked for you in this offense specifically? Just having an opportunity to be the go-to guy. Uh, you know, in the years previous past, that wasn't necessarily the case. Uh, but, you know, my last year, uh, this last year, uh, I just wanted to show, you know, prove to myself that, you know, I am, you know, one of the best receivers out there and, uh, you know, uh, you know, wanted to be the best team that I could be. I wanted to help my team win. And, uh, you know, my biggest thing is when the ball's in the air, you know, I never want to disappoint, you know, my teammates because my teammates are relying on me. So, you know, it's been big. 
Cedric Tillman, our guest on Outkick 360, wide receiver for Tennessee. Were you close to turning pro? How close were you to going to the draft? Man, I don't really know. I don't really have a specific percentage. Uh, definitely something I thought about, um, you know. Uh, but, you know, obviously I made the decision to come back. You know, I think two days before the bowl game, I uh, made a decision to come back. Um, you know, I got my quarterback coming back, and I felt like there was some things I wanted to fix as a receiver before I went pro so I can be uh, more developed there. So, uh, you know, coming back, and I, you know, I feel like Tennessee, we can do something special this year. You know, like I said, uh, and then coming back, a, a couple guys, other guys coming back. And, uh, you know, we really, for the most part, every coach stayed. So, you know, you can't ask for anything more. Yeah, plenty of continuity, and you're going to have that with your quarterback as well in Hendon Hooker. I, I saw where you were with uh, Spire Sports. Uh, Hendon was there, too, in Times Square. What That was cool. Yeah, it was uh, definitely a, a, a check box, you know, check thing, check out the box. But uh, never in a million years would I thought I would be, like, on a billboard in Times Square. Uh, you know, not just – I don't think any college football player has done that, but, you know, I've, I've heard now too many NFL players have done that, you know. And if it is, you know, it's the elites of the elites. You know, so just being able to have that opportunity, you know, to go to New York and, then, you know, have your own billboard of you and your quarterback, you know, me and my brother, you know, that's that's a dream come true. For those who haven't seen it, I, I would uh, check out uh, Instagram for Spire, and uh, we've shared it as well. Did you know whenever you were on Times Square that you were going to be on the billboard? Was that a surprise to you? Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, you know, it was just – it was shocking, like I said. Uh, we kind of walked, and they kind of said, turn around, and we looked. and like, oh, snap. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it's just you, – you just never expect anything like that, truly. So, yeah, it was, it was a memory I'll have forever and something I'll cherish forever. Hey, the continuity of the offense, how much time have you spent with with Hendon this offseason specifically? Yeah, I mean, the last week, me and Hendon have been hip to hip, you know, uh, you know, with New York, this, you know, going to Nashville trip uh, last week, you know, but uh, it's been cool. You know, that's outside stuff, but, uh, you know, inside stuff, you know, with each other every day, talking about, you know, what we see here, what we see there. Um, you know, it's key for him and me to be on the same page this year. And uh, like I said, we're looking forward to it. What do you guys consider a long possession time when you have the football? I feel like anything over six plays. <laughs> yeah, six plays. Because if you look at it, a lot of times we were scoring like six, seven plays or less. Yeah. So, yeah, usually like we didn't have too many drives where it was like 10 play drives. So, yeah, usually we score it's either six or seven plays underneath. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I brought up with Heupel. He was on a couple months ago and I said, man, uh, no, no complaints about the pace of your offense. I just wish I would see a four minute offense every now and then where you just, just possess the football a little longer. Yeah, um, he, no. he, cl he claims you guys do practice a four minute offense. Yeah, we do. We actually, we practice two minute drill. We practice four minute. We actually do. But uh, that's why like, you know, it, like, you know, you do two-minute drill, but we do two-minute drill all the time. So, you know, it's not that yeah. big of a difference. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> two minutes is too long for, yeah. for Heupel at his exactly. office. Hey, what did uh, Jawan Jennings and, and Marquez Callaway and, and Josh Palmer mean to you as mentors? I know that you guys are very close. Yeah, it was it was big, man. You know, being able to look up to three NFL receivers, you know, who are all still in the league today. Um, it's no shock. You know, I got to see those guys every day work hard. You know, all three were leaders. You know, they led in different ways. Um, but, you know, just being able to study their game, uh, you know, take their advice. Uh, you know, I don't, you know, I don't like to give all credit to them, but, you know, I definitely give credit to them for being the position that I am. Cedric Tillman is our guest on Outkick 360. You're from Vegas, right? Yes, sir. 
is being from Vegas the same as like me visiting Vegas? Is does it have the same vibe? Absolutely not. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, a lot of people come to Vegas to go to the strip and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, when I go out there, you know, uh, you know, I'll be outside. You know, I'm about 20 minutes away from you know what people see on TV and the movies. So uh, yeah, no, I don't really. When I go back home, it's not the party and stuff like that, as opposed to like somebody else. So yeah. I mean, I, I can't imagine growing up there um, and, and trying to avoid the strip like in high school and stuff. I, I would uh, to me, like I, I make the comparison. I wanted to go to University of Tennessee. Mm -hmm. I ended up at Middle Tennessee State. Had I gone to Tennessee, Cedric, I would have flunked out within the first three semesters. I feel the same way about growing up in, in Las Vegas. I don't feel like I would have become much of anything uh, living on the Vegas Strip. Yeah, I mean, it's different. You know, a lot of. I guess it's surprising. Not a lot of Las Vegas natives, you know, actually go to the strip, you know, it's a lot of people <laughs> from out of town. So, you know, people ask me what it's like. I mean, it's just like it's home. So, you know, it's all I knew, you know. So from the moment I was five, six years old, walking in casinos and stuff like that, you know, I would see people lose money. So I was like, when I get older, I don't yeah. want to be like them. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it just, you was, I saw it every day. So, it was, it, you know, obviously it's a beautiful city, but it's, you know, when you see something every day for, what, 18 years, you know, you kind of get used to it. Hey, man, uh, the, the Raiders are there now. Who knows? You, I mean, Who you knows? could be back home. Who knows? Yeah. Your your dad played at Alcorn State. Did he overlap with Steve McNair briefly? Yeah, so he was a senior when Steve McNair was a freshman. Okay. Yeah, so, uh, you know, he always only has good things to say about him. You know, says he was extremely talented quarterback. You know, he went to the league. So, you know, extremely talented quarterback, you know, good leader, a great leader, excuse me. Um, and just has nothing but positivity to say about him. How much uh, of uh, influence has your dad had on you? Huge. You know, I've kind of said it all day today. You know, my dad is probably the hardest working person in the world to me. You know, he's only getting two, three hours of sleep a day, you know, going to his job and coaching me and my brother, you know, from the moment we was in uh, elementary school. You know, that never complains, you know, and uh, it takes a strong man and a hardworking man to do that. So, you know, I, when I see him, you know, work as hard as he does, you know, I'm like, who am I to complain? So. Cedric Tillman has been our guest. Finally, uh, no one was really talking Tennessee football this week last year. Mm -hmm. They didn't know what we didn't know what to expect. I don't think you guys are catching anyone off guard this year. Um, how do you feel that the, the leadership on the team responds to the expectations versus last year where you're trying to to prove that you belong? Just having that same mentality as last year, you know, I'm not going to sit up there and say oh, that's an easy thing because, you know, obviously we have social media accounts. Obviously the fans tell us, but, yeah. you know, you can't get too complacent. You know, that's complacency is how you lose in this league. You know what I'm saying? So last year was last year, you know, and uh, we still feel like last year we could have done even better. So, you know, we're not we're not satisfied. We're hungry. You know, we want to get Tennessee back as a powerhouse. So that's what we're looking forward to. We're looking forward to the season, man. I know you are, too. Cedric Tillman has been our guest. Appreciate you, man. Stay healthy. And uh, we look forward to watching you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Cedric Tillman from the University of Tennessee. Big things planned for him and the Tennessee offense. Yes, sir. Hutton crushing it earlier today. There's Cedric Tillman. He also caught up with Volunteers Safety, Trey Flowers. Outkick 360 continues across the Outkick Network. Jonathan Hutton with you. Paul Kaharski back momentarily. Tennessee making the rounds at SEC Media Days. Uh, players and, of course, head coach Josh Heupel there on the final day 
of teams meeting with various media members. And a guy that's going through the car wash, so to speak, is Tennessee safety Trey Flowers, who joins us now from our broadcast site in Atlanta. Trey, good to see you, man. Great to see you, too. Thanks for having me. 2022 is going to be the the third season as a starter for you and and it's safety for the University of Tennessee. For for those that don't know your story, you were not a big time recruit. Uh, late in the process, programs discovered you and and you actually had a choice uh to make on signing day between Tennessee and Clemson. And then you also had a future as a baseball player and could have gone down that path as you consider where you were to where you are now. How do you how do you think things have shaped up for you? Oh, man, all I can say is everything happened for a reason, dog. There's There's been a lot of confusing, and there was there was never just an I-know-what-to-do situation. I kind of just um, – I'm, I'm a big believer in God, so I kind of just had to go with my faith, man, and, and uh, everything – I'm in this position right now, so I can't really complain too much. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, now imagine going through the NIL process as, as a senior in high school instead of the the collegiate route now. Wait, say that one more time for me. I say, imagine doing all that, that the um, week of your commitment and then actually having NIL whenever right. you were going through the recruiting process. Right. Yeah, that that would have been crazy. <laughs> that would have been crazy for sure. Trey Flowers, our guest, uh, you were one of, uh, of Jeremy Pruitt's first commitments on defense in his first signing class. You started, what, one game as a freshman, yes, uh, broke your leg as a sophomore. Uh, before finally coming into your own in Pruitt's final season. During that grind and, and the growth that you experienced over those seasons, did you think that you would be sitting here today as, as a leader and a, a representative for the program? Um, and I, I always knew I, I was chosen to to, to impact somehow or, or to be a leader of something. But honestly, I can I can say uh, this truthfully. I, I, I honestly didn't even... No, I would be playing football, bro. Um, I I had no idea I'd be in this position. Uh, I knew my work ethic and, and my determination will get me somewhere. Um, but but here in SEC Media Day in my hometown, uh, representing football, a, a, a sport that I haven't really that I that I just started playing my senior year of high school. Uh, it's, it's crazy to think about, man. And like I told you, it's just all blessings. Yeah, man. You mentioned Atlanta as your hometown. You, you grew up playing baseball with your brothers. I think the plan was originally to go to Kentucky to play baseball. Do you do you ever wonder what if if you would have gone the baseball route? Uh, yeah, some, sometimes I I think about uh, what would have happened. I mean, I think anybody would. Um, I was baseball was my my first love. Uh, that that's all I really knew at, at a certain point in time. So um, I definitely I definitely will always miss that, and, and I always think about what would have happened. But like I told you, man, I'm here, so I'm blessed yeah, to man. be here. Um, I don't. I don't regret anything. I'm. A, I'm assuming you're a Braves fan. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What was the World Series run like? Oh for you? man, that 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 was amazing. I, that was actually the first time. That might have been the first time Atlanta ever won anything since I've been born. <laughs> <laughs> what year were Honestly, you born? I was born in 1999. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. The last the last uh, championship was 95. So yeah. 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 So. Um, yeah, it was amazing. I might not get another one for <laughs> a decade, <laughs> but let's hope, let's hope we do. You're a great shortstop. Are, are there qualities of that position that transition well to the safety spot now? Every single one, every one of them, man. I, I can I'll give you a list of them from instincts, um, 
to to communication, to ball skills, to movement, lateral movements, just just pretty much everything. Like I like I told some some of the other people, man, I, I used to catch a ball this small with my opposite hand. Wow. Now yeah. I'm catching the ball that's five times bigger with both. So it's like, yeah, man, it, it definitely helped out in, in crazy, tremendous way. Um that 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 people don't even realize probably, but most of the stuff that I'm playing with, I got from baseball for sure. Most of it. Trey Flowers, our guest, safety for the Tennessee Volunteers. You were rooming, I believe, with Elante Taylor. How is he enjoying the New Orleans Saints? Probably a, a lot better now because of his contract signing a couple of days ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's all we've been talking about for the last <laughs> <laughs> for like the last month. Him signing his contract, though. He got he got that done. I talked to him uh yesterday, man. He's excited. I'm excited for him, man. That's that's like one of my best friends. I love that dude, man. I'm happy for him. Who are you rooming with now? Cedric Tillman. Okay. Yeah, He's well, making we, the rounds actually, with you today. Yeah. Quick, fun fact, actually, me, Alante, and Cedric were all roommates uh, when we first got here our freshman, our sophomore years. So we've been we've been tight. So now it's me and Cedric. We got we got one more go around. We going we but we done moved in together, man. Gotta go out with a bang. Hey, you mentioned excitement. There is a ton of excitement for the upcoming season in Knoxville. I know you guys can feel it. What is it like as a player going into year two with Hypel, having that continuity and building off of the successes of last year? Oh, man, it, it, it's great. Uh, it's, it's just kind of like like you said, building. Um, we, we all watch the film. We all we all as, 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 as Tennessee volunteers, we look back and, and see what we can improve on. And um, just just being able to push and push each other, focus on the details, uh, the accountability part, the, the the little stuff that that matters when we're tired and exhausted, um, gonna gonna play dividends because when when, when we step on that field, um, it's all about your training and and the habit the habits you created. So um, when we're tired, we're gonna rely on our training and our habits. So that's that's been the biggest part of uh, just everything is just building, building, creating better habits training harder because it's not about what you do because everybody's doing it across the country. It's about how you do it. Trey Flowers has been our guest safety for the University of Tennessee. Congrats on the on the recent success. Glad you're healthy and um, stay healthy as you go into the season, man. Best of luck to you. Yes, sir. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. You got it, man. There's Trey Flowers uh, from the Tennessee Volunteers defense. A lot more coming from Radio Row in Atlanta on Outkick 360. Hang with us. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick network. Sixth and Peabody, our location, with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Alongside Paul Kaharski, I'm Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow in Nebraska. Haven't heard much from Chad this week. Um, I hope all is well. It's a good sign. I, hope, I asked him if he I hope saw... hope he's not snowed under. I asked him yesterday if he saw Better Call Saul from uh, Monday, and he said he had not seen it yet, which tells me he's found activities. 
I it's am, rare for him to fall behind. Paul, I am th- you mentioning this. I have failed to finish Ozark, and I just realized it. I was going to ask. <laughs> I'm two episodes from finishing, and I've been two episodes from finishing for a while, uh, like a month and a half. Yeah, you got to get. Yeah, in. I, I should do it tonight. Yeah. Okay. Note Your to self. Assignment. Note to self. <laughs> Binge the rest of Ozark. I don't want it to be over. Outkick 360s, where you can uh, follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, uh, search the YouTube channel as well. Our thanks to all the the uh, guests down at SEC Media Days, all the great work uh, on behalf of uh, us to uh, Davey Hudson and Trey Wallace and Glenn Gilbo of Outkick.com. So um, the Patriots announced their coaching staff today, Paul. Yeah, it's without, a traditional to uh, to get around to that on July twenty first. Yes, uh, official titles for their coaching staff, and this this is deliberate and it is on purpose just to mess with us. Like, th- there's no other way to explain why you wouldn't just say who's the offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator. Um, this from Albert Breer: The Patriots have announced coaching staff titles finally. Joe Judge is the offensive assistant quarterbacks coach Matt Patricia is senior football advisor and offensive line coach Steve Belichick and Gerard Mayo are linebackers coaches that keep that in mind now what that means is New England does not have on paper in their media guide for everyone to figure out they do not have by title an offensive or defensive coordinator because Gerard Mayo and Steve Belichick are listed as only linebackers coaches. So stupid. Why not just? Uh, I mean, you you went back and we referenced the, your time in Oakland um, earlier. That this is a, a story about trying to figure out who was calling plays. Yeah. Um, I don't understand the secrecy with it, especially in this day and age when by naming that person offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator, that elevates them to another status where that coach could go on to potentially become a head coach in the league. Maybe that's the problem, but I doubt Bill Belichick's trying to hinder anyone of his, on his staff from becoming a, a head coach in the NFL. Well, you don't have to have an offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator. And, and look, I'll believe Belichick's a defensive coordinator then. But to have two linebacker coaches of that status is, right. is dumb. You don't divide inside and outside linebacker coaches, which a lot of teams do. And then, and then, like, what? Give me again, like the judges' pre-title. Judge, so Joe Judge is offensive assistant slash quarterbacks. Now keep in mind, offensive assistant. So offensive why assistant. isn't he just quarterbacks coach? That's an offensive assistant. And then, and then Patricia's is even dumber. Senior football advisor slash offensive line. So he's senior football advisor. <laughs> so I guess on that, uh, that on its own would make him important like he's Belichick's advisor slash quarterback so he's got two jobs he's the quarterback coach and he's Belichick's senior football advisor it's just no point trying to figure it out listen I could see the Patriots I was talking with Dockich about this earlier today it wouldn't totally blow my mind if they finished in last place in that division this year third completely possible they could go to the playoffs as a second-place team, but they'd have to do it with defense and running the football. Are you saying all, all things being equal as we, as we see it now? They're Bec- finishing fourth? Because I, it, it, the thing is because Tua, who I don't have a lot of faith in, and um, um, 
quarterback of the Jets, Wilson, Wilson have had a lot of things to surround them, and Mac Jones hasn't had a lot of things to surround him. He's got more now, though. Well, I'm not a big Devontae Parker guy. Yeah, but it's better than uh, Nikhil Harry, who they finally got rid of. Yeah, and I'm not big on this second-round draft pick uh, from, where is he from, Texas Tech or Texas, uh, somewhere in Texas, who's a rail and is going to get knocked oh. off the ball. So, I mean, yeah. if they win, they're and I'm not saying they can't win this way, but they're going to do it with defense and running and Mac Jones being super efficient. But those other teams are more dangerous, more yeah, threatening in the traditional football way. And the, the Bills, I think, run away with Well, it. no, I agree with that. The difference is coaching. Right. That, so he'd so make in, up for it with cleverness. What you're describing is exactly who the Patriots were last year. They had the number two defense, scoring defense in the NFL, behind only Buffalo. So like that, that is, that's who they are, and they're trying to develop the quarterback while they do that. Got to de- now, develop that quarterback. Hurt, you can't get away with being as bad at receiver as you were for a lot of Tom Brady's time when he was making now, up the difference. The, the, Mac Jones is going to make up the difference. What they there. have to figure out is what they're doing with Jonu Smith and, and, and uh, Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry. That, that They're spending a ton of money at tight end, and, and they, they didn't utilize it. they were very ineffective with it last year. Yeah, so if they can solve that puzzle and Mac Jones is healthy, again, I hate saying that, but that's – the equalizer here is uh, you suffer injuries in a division and it can cripple you. Offensively, they're more or less who they are, and they try to stack more production out of the tight end position. And they get rid of Harry and you know some of the the veteran players, and they've replaced it with guys that they think can give a, a bit more production than what they had. But I, I don't. He'll I don't probably think figure out a way to do something, but I want them to be bad because of this, but and because of their their uh, foolishness at at receiving. They're they're a lot like the Colts to me in that uh, that it was not that long ago that they were hyped as a legitimate AFC contender. The Patriots going into November were at the time the number one overall seed in the NFL. It was it was right at the end of October, early November, just based on tiebreakers at the time with two months to play a month and a half to play it was you know it was uh patriots and we were discussing that like crazy is, win over buffalo and we, yeah and we were we were chatting about does this remind you of the 2001 team it turns out it didn't but i mean it late in the year they were still a, a team you had to respect and a lot of people bought into them the same way we bought into indy midway through the year but i think in personnel acquisition since then a lot of teams have done a lot more than they have yeah but the, but they they what they did is they they normally don't jump out and overspend in free agency they did that last Two year years ago yeah because last year when, it, when there were six or seven teams that had the ability to actually spend money because of the drop in the cap they took advantage of that and spent a ton of money um, How and, good those people are second year. And Matt Judon was very good. He was very good. Um, you know, and their defense is is good. But um, I don't know. I, I'm just so uninspired by what they're doing offensively and why they choose those two guys to be Mac Jones's mentors <laughs> is I know. That, just that, looks crazy. It looks like Belichick thumbing his nose at everybody and saying, look how much smarter I am than you. I'm going to do it this crazy way. You're all going to be yeah, critical of did, it, and we're, we're going to do it anyway. I guess, but that he doesn't come across as a guy that just does it in spite of – what point does he have to prove by like, – what difference would it be if, if he went out and brought Bill O'Brien back? None. But, that, so, so but he's already done it. 
So why not do it again? Like, I don't think it's because... Or go get uh, a young whippersnapper. Or that, yeah. That one of your boys tells you is well, the next big I thing. I bring up O'Brien because he clearly went with a path of coaches that he knows. Right. Right? He did, he's not trying to bring someone in from the outside. And he loses Josh McDaniels and, and replaces them with guys that he knows that haven't on the coached wrong side of the ball. or called plays on offense. That's, that's the intriguing part. And it's, it's, it's weird... He's getting a – he and the organization gets a ton of benefit of the doubt nationally because it's who they are. I mean, if that's Cleveland, they're ridiculed. Right. Uh, but and, and rightfully so. He deserves benefit of the doubt based on what happened last year and how we foresee – like, I, I, if you said you could see them finishing third and out of the playoffs, I can lean more into that than I can finishing dead last with them being healthy as the roster sits right now because of their defense, because of how they're built up front. And, I mean, Matt Jones is pretty good. I'd be less surprised to see him finish fourth than I would first. Oh, they're not. Only, again, only, if, if we're considering the rosters being what they are. Now, if Josh Allen tears his ACL in week one, I'm not shocked. All if, things being equal. I know, I know. Um, I would be shocked on either one, though, if – all the teams are healthy and they finish first or fourth. Well, it's hard to put faith in shocked. the Jets. When I say shock, like if they beat Buffalo for the number one overall, I'm stunned. Oh, that'd be stunner. And if they finish behind the Jets and the Dolphins both, I'm stunned. Yeah, it should be one of those teams. With Mike McDaniel and Tua Tagovailoa, and with a brand new coaching staff and Zach Wilson and it, the, it's been it's no, the second Jet. year coaching staff. A uh, second year coaching staff and Zach Williams in year two and that uh, Wilson in year two and that is. Uh, they're beating Belichick head to head with a year two quarterback. It's a very intriguing division for number two. Yeah, well, the 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 three of them and the Bills are a very intriguing team, but their intrigue is AFC wise and maybe Super Bowl you know, wise, what, not not division wise. The, what what would have to see in looking at the Dolphins? The Dolphins schedule that they they play each other week one. It's Belichick against McDaniel week one. And then the Dolphins have to go on the road to Baltimore, and then they're back home against Buffalo. So that, that's Pretty a gauntlet. Start. Let me quickly look at the, the Patriots. The, the Patriots, you said the, they're playing the Bills out of the gate or the Patriots? No, they play the, the Dolphins. Patriots-Dolphins out of the gate. Patriots again. have some troubles with Miami. You know, it's hey, a hey, change. Patriots with an problem. interesting schedule, too, to open. Um, they, so they, they open against the Dolphins on the road to Miami. They then visit Pittsburgh, back-to-back road games in Miami, in Pittsburgh. I like them against Pittsburgh. Yeah, but back-to-back road games is unusual to start the season. And then they host Baltimore, and they're on the road at Green Bay. Three of their first four games are on the road, and they're visiting tough venues in Pittsburgh and, and Lambeau. That's two and two. Two and two, and if they're three and one, then people are going to be looking at them like they were last year. <laughs> and then they have the Lions, the Browns, the Bears, and the Jets over the course of the next month. Uh, that's after three that. and one at worst. So, so yeah, they'll be a hot talking, a hot talk there. Well, they, they could be four and two. Yes. Um, SEC Media Day's headlines: Jimbo uh, Fisher says that he's. He's not as heated or hot with, with Nick Saban today as he was back in May. It's the first time we've heard public comments regarding that, really, uh, at a podium setting. So 
no big surprise as time heals all wounds, but you know, just talking with Billy Lucci, if you missed that conversation with uh, the owner of TexAgs.com, he would know, and he says he wouldn't think that they've talked on the phone um, and, and Jimbo Fisher certainly not picking up the phone to call Saban. Saban continues to praise Jimbo every chance he gets now, though. So we'll see. I'm tired of it. I think it's played itself out. Oh, I love it. Get to the game. No, no one goes after Nick Saban. I but I mean, it's, it's played it. itself out, right? It's, it's well, it's played itself out because now. Greg Sankey told them to shut the hell up. Yeah. Um, in the closed door meetings at the spring meetings, um, that that's why it played itself out and. I think he, he put down the edict. Guys, talk about your team, preview your players, discuss all you want to about your program. Don't bring up other programs in no uncertain terms. That's weak. It added spice. It, it, yes, it did. And now there's Lane Kiffin. We need Kiffin for the spice. Bring uh, it, Lane. SEC Media Days uh, uh, complete. We'll recap it all uh, tomorrow. We've got uh, more guests from Radio Row there as well. Um, Bobby Carpenter is going to be on the show. Plus, Jason McCourty, recent retired uh, defensive back, former Titans corner, Browns, Dolphins, Patriots, speaking of those two teams. We've got uh, Jason McCourty on. He's now the new co-host of Good Morning Football. So we will uh, chat with J-Mac on tomorrow's show and a lot more with all the SEC headlines. We'll check in with Austin Price, Brent Hubs tomorrow as well, and they'll give us uh, the latest headlines going into what's going to be a fun August with all of the college football teams back at practice. Training camp officially opens next week. We'll get you ready for all that on Outkick 360. Read it, hear it, obey it. Don't block the box, but be sure to lock your locks.